you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And D. Youngblood and J. Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show, and we appreciate these brothers helping mm-hmm. us get through the programming today. Um, just a few things. I know, Will the Great, we need to make sure we let our listeners know about two upcoming events. I know MFL registration. Yes, tomorrow. This is the last week. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so... Registration for the conference uh, ends tomorrow. And so make sure if you desire to come to be a part of uh, the Marriage Family Life Conference that's happening in July, not that far away, um, that you register today. You know, you have until uh, tomorrow. So um, register for the conference. Make sure your family is there. And it's just going to be a great time. Go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net to register for the conference. And then also... Uh, happening October 26, 27, we have the Ark Encounter. Um, and so it's going to be AFA at the Ark. Uh, you can get more information about that if you go to marriagefamilylife.net. Under the Events tab, you'll see the Marriage Family Life Conference and you'll see AFA at the Ark. So you can uh, register for, for both of those or one of those or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, this week we had been talking about um, what we see happening in our culture today as it impacts the church and using the word insidious to describe what's happened. And so we did a part one and a part two on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Well, the great talked of Moses Mm -hmm. and uh, man, what a challenging, like, but encouraging um, message, Mm. I would say. Uh, I was just, even as you and I were talking about it yesterday when you got home Mm -hmm. and um, it's just, man, it's just very convicting to understand that in the Lord, he wants to shape our character through and through. Mm. Like he really Mm -hmm. wants to shape us in such a way so as to be useful to him Yes. so that he really truly can be glorified in our life. And, and I think in so many ways as Christians, we find ourselves trying to outrun that shaping. Like Mm. we don't want to go through that shaping, that pruning you know, um, but anyway, glory to God. Yeah. So, so what I wanted to do today mm-hmm. was I wanted to get to a couple things, three passages of scripture that as we were talking about the insidious nature um, of what is happening in our culture, I wanted to encourage the body of Christ mm-hmm. and equip the body of Christ um, on how to stand against that. Because I think sometimes it's easier for us to lament the problems in the culture. Like it's, it's really easy to, to read the headlines and to say it's bad and it is bad, you know? Um, But I think what, where the work is, is in our response to what is happening. It's Mm -hmm. our response to how bad it is and believing, believing that we have the tools to be able to respond. And so a couple passages I wanted to look at just in the area of encouraging Uh, parents and encouraging grandparents, really encouraging anyone where you feel closely impacted by people's sin choices, right? Because the the whole idea of what we were talking about this week is that what the enemy is doing 
is really attempting to weaken the body of Christ because of an affinity for people who are uh, hostages to sin and they are refusing to repent. And so what happens is then we go after them because we love them because our heart is leading us. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and we've been taught for decades uh, and every Disney princess tells your kid, follow your heart, you know, do whatever (laughs) your heart says. Uh, The Bible doesn't teach us that by the way. Uh, So, so because of these things, which you can see how it's all like, it's all a carefully crafted message. Right. And it all has like the same implications um, to be led away from God. So, what I what I wanted to do was talk about what the the remedy or the antidote, if you will, is to this temptation or the enemy's attempt to to draw us astray or to lead us astray from the Lord uh, simply based on our affections, based on the way we love each other, because love is not the problem. Love is not the problem. I would say the extent of the love that we have for people uh, by comparison to the way we love the Lord, that is the problem. That is the problem. Mm. So because what, what we're talking about is any love that supersedes the love that we have for Christ, the love that we have for the Lord God, um, that is idolatry. So yeah. anything that gets top billing, anything that you love too much, which and I think that's how people have been led astray. Right. Yeah. So we've seen a decline in the church. We've seen a decline in families. We've seen a decline in, in all of our institutions that if they had any type of moral underpinning, they have suspended that because people close to them are now, say, for example, identifying or they are now, I don't know, just pick whatever the sin proclivity is. If the enemy has been able to entice someone to give into that, right. Then the people closest to that person who gives into sin and who refuses to repent, who doesn't return to the straight edge of scripture, the people closest to that person are adversely affected if they don't stand firm. If they don't say, hey, listen, I love you. And because I love you, I've got to continue telling you the truth. So anyway, and then also I want to look at some headlines that are kind of quite disturbing, some encouraging um, and and then some that are disturbing. <laughs> we can talk about it, but I think the scriptures are going to provide a nice backdrop as we talk about some of these headlines as well. So in talking about watching our heart, mm-hmm. the Bible is very clear. Like one of, one of the ways that we are led astray is by the deceitfulness of the human heart. Mm. And my goodness, what, what strong emotions, what yeah. strong feelings can come from the human heart so much so that man, we, you know, we are tempted on a regular basis to deny the truth of who God is because of our feelings. And these feelings are very strong, but the Lord and his wisdom and the Lord and his care for us has given us these protective measures for the heart, for the heart, right? The the seat of human emotions. Yeah. And if you look at the scriptures, it's amazing that you can find right in God's word that our remedy for the heart, our remedy for the, the heart leading us astray is a firm grasp of the righteousness of God. It's mm-hmm. knowing God's truth. It's knowing what God has said on issues. So then we're not left making it up on our own or going according to our feelings or our emotions. So in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, the Bible says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. Mm, The new King James version says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life out of your heart, out of your heart, come forth the issues of life. So what are the things that you have allowed to take root in your heart? What are, what are the things that are really kind of, I would say, driving who you are? What are where are your convictions, where are your emotions and your affinities lie, right? And so we've, we've been tasked with guarding the heart, 
taking charge, uh, monitoring the heart, being careful about what is rooted in our heart. Now, if, if our children, if our children are like our utmost, right, then when our children are led astray, mm. then our, our hearts yeah. go after that. Yeah. And our hearts just cannot, you know, so-called hurt the children. Our hearts can't disappoint the children. Our culture, as insidious as all of the manifestations are that we are seeing, recognizes this fully. Mm. I think in some ways understanding this more than the people of God, that if you can tug on somebody's heartstrings, if you can pull on their emotions, right, then you can confuse them on the reality of what their position ought to be based on absolute truth. And that's That's what we see happening. So in Ephesians chapter six, when the Bible lists the armor of God, I think one of the things that as we break down all of the pieces of armor and, and all of the uses for those various pieces. One of the things that in this particular conversation we cannot overlook is the breastplate of righteousness, Mm. that the breastplate that covers the chest that covers the heart is righteousness. (laughs) So it is knowing God's truth, knowing the, knowing what is the right thing to do, knowing what is the right thing to say, which helps to control the heart that wants to say just what it feels. Yeah. Right. Like if we could just be honest, one of the reasons we have experienced such a great decline in this country is because people have been taught and people have been conditioned to just lead with the heart, to, to do what you feel. This this honestly. And man, I, I love our country so much. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say that. Unfortunately, I do. But I think one of the, one of the ideas, one of the, the, the big um, lies is that we should pursue our happiness. Mm. Do you understand that that is that is an emotion that really wants to be preeminent in the heart? I want to be happy. I want to feel good. I want to feel comfortable. I want so I'm going to pursue happiness when really our pursuit should have been holiness mm-hmm. all along. Amen. Should have been righteousness, should have been truth, right? Should have been depending and leaning on the mercy of God, trusting him to lead and guide all of our endeavors. And so when you have this breastplate of righteousness that is um, described for us in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, you have this breastplate of righteousness. You have this built-in protection for the heart. Like it doesn't matter if my kid comes to me and is trans identifying. I am not going to affirm that lie. It doesn't mean that I don't love the child. It means that I'm going to stand on the side of righteousness. And look, increasingly, these are very difficult things to do. Do you think it was easy for the Apostle Paul to write to the Corinthians that they need to expel the immoral brother? (laughs) So this is a person who is claiming to be a follower of Christ. He's claiming to be a Christian while walking in open unrepentant sin. I, I think sometimes we, it makes us feel better to think that you have to detach your emotions and your feelings from carrying out God's will as it, as it pertains to holiness and righteousness and church discipline, right? Like, no, we, we fully are invested. Like when you say, no, this is sin. You say, no, this is wickedness. This is evil. You purge this from your midst. You say, I'm going to take measures to honor God's word. This doesn't mean that your emotions are suspended, right? Right. It means that they are controlled Right. It means that they are kept in check by righteousness. And, you know, and that's yeah. Now, I was just going to say I was talking to a brother yesterday and and we we were looking at even at the scripture, even what Jesus was saying, you know, in Luke chapter 14, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother oh. and wife and children and brothers and sisters. Yes. And even his own life, he cannot Man. be my disciples. And then uh, who whoever does not carry his cross and come after me cannot uh, be my disciple. And so the Jesus, you know, in order to follow him and be his disciple, we have to give it all. And so when you yes. have those uh, things 
are happening, you know, in families, you know, with loved ones and it's a uh, sinful, you know, issues. And they're wanting you to just uh, applaud that or, 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 you know, give credence to that. You, you got to say, no, I'm following Christ. So, man, mm-hmm. and that's where that comes in, you know, the, the, the hating even uh, those who are the closest to you if they're trying to go contrary to what God wants. Yeah, absolutely. And this is increasingly difficult because this conversation revolves around our children. And and I want to be very direct in, in what we're looking at here now to take a stand for righteousness, to put your foot down and say, I'm not going to use your pronouns. I'm, mm. I'm not going to affirm a lie. Now, this really threatens our relationship with our children in real time. And and and. Well, I want to look at one more scripture and then I want to look at a current event, a, an article, uh, a law passed in Washington state. Mm-hmm. Um, Governor Inslee, I think. Yeah. That Jay that Inslee. Jay and my goodness, it, it's just it, it is it's among the clearest evidence that we have that shows that the state, the state desires to wrestle children away from parents. Right now. What does that mean for us still standing on the side of righteousness? That means that we've got to do what God has told us to do and trust him with the results. That means we've got to trust him with the results. We, we fight in all the ways that we know how to fight. We take up the weapons that the Lord has, um, has afforded us in Christ Jesus. And we've got to trust him with the results, refusing to create idols out of our children out of our spouses, out of anybody who would be close enough to us to provoke in us this this threat of idolatry, right. putting someone or something above Christ. Guys, this this is the thing for which we are judged. Even and this is life. why we find even our own lives, yeah. our own safety. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Exactly right. In Philippians chapter four. And again, this is just speaking to um, what guards the heart. What God guards the heart. So in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. Mm. So now we have the breastplate of righteousness that guards the heart, protects the heart. And we have the peace of God that also guards and protects the heart. What is the Lord God saying to us? He is saying to us that we can trust him when we operate in righteousness. When we say, no, this is what God's word says. Then we can have the peace that is afforded to us because we trust the righteousness of God. We trust God to oversee the result. What is on the other side of obedience? We leave that up to God, but we are tasked with obeying. I really believe that if we would kind of turn full circle and come back to the Lord, have our assurance and our confidence in him and not in our own ability, we would really begin to see some things change, not only in our homes, but in our country as well. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Oh my God, it's a miracle. I hear you speaking to me, Lord. It's a stereo. I'm trying to change and I know I got a ways to go. New things, new things, gotta let it go. I see the past looking at me, I'm like, next. Thank you so much for listening to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening during this hour. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Flame with Next. Just to let you know, um, if you can't listen live, this is a live uh, radio broadcast. Uh, If you can't listen during the time that it airs live, you can always get the podcast. So you can go to AFR.net or you can download the podcast on your Apple or Android device. If you happen to have an Android, probably you don't. But if you wow. do, like <laughs> the hate is real. 
Oh, I'm just kidding <laughs> with you. I'm just playing. Everybody needs an Android. <clears throat> At least once to try it out wow. and just determine that you should oh, go back. Oh, man. Did I ever tell people about the time I tried an Android? Yeah, you didn't give it long enough. Oh, my goodness. I was so profoundly confused. Like, I, I just didn't <laughs> understand. I, I no, really, I was on. like, why? Come why on. would you do? And, you know, look, and I know Apple and the corporation, every, they all have their problems, okay? <laughs> so I'm not like, but I'm just saying, I wanted to try because I didn't want to have a house divided. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I will come over to the dark side. Uh, I will no. use the Android. And, um, man. Oh man! It's not hard to use. Come on! Oh my goodness! It is not user friendly at all. I mm, we could do a poll. <laughs> this is not a Friday show, but we could do a poll. I just and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just will say this: um, if I had never tried to use an Android, mm-hmm. I would just be mocking just for fun because it's funny. You know what I mean? Like for fun because it's funny. But <laughs> I tried to use an Android, mm-hmm. and I think of myself. I think I'm pretty smart like I think I can figure things out and mm-hmm. in fact I would say I'm willing to adventure figuring things out right wouldn't you yeah, agree with that that I, I I'm not I would you didn't I'm give this give long it a, enough though yeah oh but anyway yeah you know. okay all right <laughs> oh. anyway anybody else out there with a house divided some Android and iPhones <laughs> under one roof you know the real tell of it and and all of the you know is what the kids will be and we don't yet know but you know it depends on what the kids will be to see you know, well, it, they're on your phone more, so they will probably be, you know. Because it's user-friendly. No, nah, because you're just soft. Oh! <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, so get off my phone. That is Give so true. Phone. I just, look, I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> and we both are like this. I mean, we have nothing to hide. We have full access, but it's so true. I am, I'm more like, eh, unless I need it, I don't need it. So, I mean, they can, you know, whatever. My phone, oh, anyway, back on track. <laughs> It's filled with pictures of our kids and their friends because exactly. they don't have phones. Exactly. So they so this is like this is their phone and I'm 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 scrolling through and I have problems with my phone loading and I'm like what's going on? <laughs> 13,000 pictures. See, that's why I don't of them like, after church no. with their friends. No. And so I'm like go th- <laughs> I love my church family and and all the cheering. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um back to the program. Mm-hmm. Out of Washington. Yes. Washington Governor Jay Inslee signs a bill letting the state keep kids from their parents for secret abortions. That's the headline. Here's That's the information. So, like, well, it's wicked. It's just, it, like, it almost, I mean, it doesn't it seem like something from the Twilight Zone? It's just it seems, seems like, like something, something that's from so the wicked zone. Like, yeah, right. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This is where we are. But this, remember, I, I remember distinctly saying, that, you know, these these moves, what we're looking at, that this stuff is is meant to wrestle children away from their parents. Mm-hmm. Right. And even I think even among some conservatives, there was the 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 hard time to the hard time to believe that we would get here, that that you would actually have legislation in place that says we can keep your kids and we can have states fund their abortions over and against your will. We can we can transition them, whether or not that's social or medical transition. We can do all of those things. And parents, you can't say anything because being around you is traumatic. So we we can say that you don't have the right to parent. Okay, so here but here we are, guys. Here here we are. And this goes back to what I was saying on the other side of the break or before we went to the break. Um being able to trust the Lord with the result. So this isn't, because here's the thing. 
should should measures like this spread, which I believe that's the attempt, right? Like the, to to normalize this type of you are an unfit parent based on this. You are an unfit parent based on this. To normalize this is to see it spread across the country. Here's the thing, though. This does not mean that parents now must keep quiet, that now parents can't tell their kids the truth about human sexuality and sexual identity and the sanctity of human life, because this is the aim. The aim is if you want to be a good parent, if you want to maintain um, your legal right, your God-given right to steward your child, mm. okay, your God-given right, if you want to, then you'll do what we say. Then our ideology will become your ideology, and 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 together we'll make this world a better place because you all say what we tell you to say <laughs> to your children, <laughs> to your offspring. This is why I say the role of parents and grandparents. Man, it is so vital. Guys, we have been so duped in our country. We have been made to believe that all the other descriptions that we could have, all the other titles that we could have, I am so-and-so, I do. And and, and all of those things, we've allowed that. A culture told us that that was the highest example of your success, Mm -hmm. anything that you can accomplish outside of your home. And they're and they're happy that we would go after those things and see that as our that's our shiny gold star. Right. Yeah. Come after these things. Come after these things. And don't worry about the children. They've got youth group on Wednesday and maybe 40 minutes on Sunday. They're going to be all right. And that's what we believed. What I'm telling you now, it's not even up for debate that if you want to strike blows, mm-hmm. if you really want to see culture transformed, then you'll get inside your home and work there. Then you'll oversee the growth and the development of your children. You will oversee their discipleship. You will teach them how to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and how to boldly proclaim him in a lost and dying culture. It's not even an option anymore. If you want to be successful, I don't, man, I, I so don't care. <laughs> I so don't care about the world's accolades. I, you just have to know. You just have to know. Like, I so don't care about that. But I want to see Christ formed in my children. Mm-hmm. I want to see them be able to stand up in the midst of a wicked culture and declare the excellencies of the one who purchased them. That needs to be our highest aim Amen. that we that we proliferate the gospel first through our children, our grandchildren. You, you want to see better politicians then man. And I say this lovingly produce them. <laughs> <laughs> you want better politicians. Go ahead. Disciple them and disciple them. You know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, I, yeah. I tell people, you know, look, we're, you're welcome. We're making America great again. <laughs> One arrow at a time. All right, here we go. Washington State Governor Jay Inslee signed a radical bill on Tuesday to allow shelters to hide runaway children from their parents without any allegations of abuse and to allow them to have taxpayer funded elective abortions and sex change treatments. Wow. Guys, this is the epitome oh, of wicked. Yes. Like this, this is something out of, this is like a, this is, it's like a science fiction thriller. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's like a, it's like a real sort of like taken, you know, like, and and you need every parent to show up, you know, like Liam Nielsen and, and you need to have a certain set of skills. Liam who? Is it, did I say it right? Go ahead. I thought it was Neeson. Okay. What did I say? Nielsen? (laughs) I don't know. Can I, I look, I'm not not a Hollywood buff. Me neither. So I might be wrong. I'm trying to clown with you. (laughs) Somebody knows. (laughs) Like when old, when old crusty Christians try to make Hollywood jokes and they don't watch movies. That's what happens. We are a walking meme. I feel, I feel like my age right now. We need, we need Neam Nielsen. All right, back to the article. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I'm talking about, people. <laughs> a certain set of skills. You got to care about your children. 
The post-millennial reports that nearly 4,700 people signed up to oppose state Senate Bill 5599 during a Senate hearing in February. Parents also organized protests at the state capitol in Olympia, and Republican lawmakers unanimously opposed the bill. This is according to the Christian Broadcast Network. Scheduled to go in effect, go into effect in July, mm. the legislation allows runaway children as young as 13. Wow. Family. Just as young as 13 to stay in licensed youth shelters without their parents' knowledge, even if there is no sign of abuse. So if there's no sign of abuse, 13-year-olds... Could just run can, away and just do, be from yes. under their parents' authority. Uh, without a reason, without a cause, it just be, they, so they can say, just because. Like, I don't I just, like it here. Know, yeah. See this, and this is how this is how we find Man. these things have a way of escalating. You know, this is this is the whole words or violence, right? Mm-hmm. Like words that's abusive, mm-hmm. right? So parents telling the truth that's abusive. I'm going to tell you something though. I'm going to tell you if we did not commend the culture to our children, these things would not even become realistic options to our children. But because we feed our competition. Because we big up our competition, which mm-hmm. is the world, mm-hmm. because we commend the world to our children, then we shouldn't be surprised that our children actually see the world as like viable competition. Like, well, maybe maybe I should go after that. Maybe I should be doing what makes me happy. Maybe I should be living. I'm going to tell you one of the one of the great deceptions, even among Christian families, one of the great deceptions, even among Christian families is the praise and the approval of men. So masquerading as popularity. Mm-hmm. And we call this being well-rounded. And, and what do we say is well, well-liked? She's really popular. She's really well-liked. Right. Yeah. So we, we're telling our kids that in order for them to live healthy and happy lives, they got to be celebrated in mass. Everybody's got to like you. Everybody's got to love you. Everybody's got to approve of what you. Where find ye that in scripture? <laughs> right. You just won't. You just won't. So I'm saying, parents, take back the reins. Look, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight because we haven't gotten here overnight. But somebody's got to start doing it at some point. Like somebody's got to say, all right, you know what? We're getting off this merry-go-round. Like you can't have our children. Mm. All right. So scheduled to go into effect, go into effect in July. The legislation allows runaway children as young as 13 to stay in licensed youth shelters without their parents' knowledge. Even if there are no signs of abuse until now, state law required shelters to notify parents within 72 hours. Shelters can also now help minors get taxpayer funded abortions and sex change hormones and surgeries without telling their parents. You know, what's amazing, though, what's amazing is that the state will run out of its ability to actually be the parent. And so when they get to the end of this collective societal uh, experiment Mm -hmm. and they find that it was an utter failure, you know, who's going to be there to help the the girl who wishes that she could have her breasts back? It's going to be the parents. You know who's going to be there when the son comes home and wishes that he actually could get married and reproduce and actually have a family. It's going to be the parents like you. You've got the culture who says, yeah, we we will we will take care of the kids. We the kids are just fine with us. You then they run to the end of that and the reality that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you can never be what you have never been. When that is realized, they will come back to the parents they will come back to the parents and you know what? And the parents will love them and the parents, the parents will hold them with all of their woundedness because that's what real parents do. But let a, let a kid just look at Chloe Cole, let a kid 
say to the, the parental culture or the parenting culture, let a kid say, no, I regret this. I don't, man, they will turn that kid out so fast. You talk about kicking kids out, man. You just upset the culture. Have you, have you seen kids rejected by the culture? No, where, where do they go back? They go back to the parents because the parents are the ones who are still there, who are still loving them in truth who are still picking up the broken pieces and putting it back together again, who are walking with them for the rest of their lives is still the parents. Because once the culture gets upset, once the glitter families, once, once <laughs> the glitter families are no longer enamored with you anymore, right. you're out. They're not still loving on Clay Cole. You know, do you know what would happen tomorrow with Jazz Jennings? If all of a sudden this little, this young man, this young man says, man, I wish I could get, the last 10 years, last 15 years, last 20 years, however old he is, of my life back? Do you know what would happen? Do you, do you know the great mass exodus of the Glitter families and mm-hmm. all of the accolades yeah, and no done. longer would the Jazz Jennings books be read in, in elementary <laughs> schools anymore? Do you know what would happen? The utter shunning that would take place because the young man would stand up and say, you know, it probably was not, it was not smart to think that I could change the basic DNA of my existence, right. my basic biology. You know, I, I, I could never have changed that. And now I regret it. You, you know who would reject them? The culture at large. Yeah. Everybody, all at once. Yep. Nothing to see here. And, you know, and I, it's interesting because I, I kind of, I don't know, there's a part of me that kind of thinks that, you know, just in this particular case, I don't know, I think the Jennings the Jazz Jennings family, I think they would be on the side of the culture. Mm. I think what those parents did to that little boy, I think they did for their own selfish gain. I really do. I really do. That's my opinion there. According to the post-millennial, this bill in Washington says that shelters do not have to notify parents if the child has a compelling reason not to. Such (laughs) as, and here are the compelling reasons. Seeking placement in a host home to receive protected health care services, protected health care services. These people are the masters of terminology, protected health care services. So services that what they otherwise would not receive if they didn't have the protection of also being carted away from their parents and hidden and hidden away. Like that's is that is that what we're talking about? These services include elective abortions and sex change surgeries and hormones. So basically, we don't want parents to parent. No. We don't want there to be any uh, deterrence for our agenda, our plan. So if this person says that they want to, you know, they want to have these procedures done, we don't want the parents there to be able to parent them. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Authority taken away. Yes. Yes. And now, you know. Once, once all the harm is done, you once can have all them the harm, then you can have them back. You can have them back. And that's, and that's what we see happening in our culture. There's always been the move. The aim has always been give us the children. Mm-hmm. Give us the children. Yep. Because if we have the children, we have the future. And so now I'm telling you, the, the mental health crisis that we are facing in this country, the country has made, right, so that it can continue to enlarge its grasp and its hold on the next generation. Mm. So, so we have the remedy even though we cause the problem. We caused the problem, but we also have the solution. So come here. Give us your children. We're better suited to rear and to train these children. The collective is going to be better than the parent to whom the child was given. Wow. That's what our culture is saying to us today. All right. 
that's one thing. Then uh, in other news, a child created from three people in a lab. Wow. Oh, Lord. Man, trying to be God. I, my goodness. (laughs) All right, we'll grab the break here in the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay there. Back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Um, we're just kind of taking a stroll through some of the headlines, looking at what's going on in our world, and um, you know, hastening the return of the Lord Jesus by advancing truth <laughs> and saying, "Man, repent and be saved. Turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. This world has nothing to offer us. This world mm-hmm. has nothing to offer us. All of the the facade of it being, you know, oh, could, can't imagine not be. No, we need Jesus. We we need Jesus. This world has nothing." to offer us. And that is proven and confirmed every single day. All right. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Now, CC1 is goodness of God. All right. Scientists create first three parent baby in alarming experimental procedure. What? Three parent. All right. This is from Life News out of London here. (sighs) A baby with DNA from two mothers and one father has been born in the United Kingdom as a result of an experimental new reproductive procedure. So again, let me just say something here. When we go back to the breastplate of righteousness, it doesn't matter what our hearts tell us, mm. right? So, so mm. there are a lot of things that we kind of like, well, I think that this is an okay thing to do because I just love and I just want and I just need, and how could anyone mm. deny me of my desire and I would be a great and all of this. So we just, when, whenever we allow the heart, right, that is deceitfully wicked, the mm-hmm. heart that leads so many astray, whenever we allow the heart to take the reins, okay, then we suspend righteousness. And in some cases, we suspend reason, just just thinking about things like, you know, what does it mean? Like what? Okay, so, so here we go. According to the Catholic News Agency, the British government allows the DNA alterations for human embryos at risk of serious mitochondrial diseases. Earlier this week, the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority, HFEA, and that's how I'll refer to it throughout this article, a branch of the British Health Department, confirmed that the first baby in England was born as a result of the treatment. However, a report by The Guardian indicates that there may be up to three more, Mm. according to the Catholic News Agency. The agency said 32 families have been approved for the treatment so far. 32 families have been approved for the treatment. The experimental genetic procedure involves taking DNA from the eggs of two mothers and the sperm from one father in a lab to create a human embryo without mitochondrial defects, which are passed on through the mother. Then the embryo is implanted in the mother's womb. Guys, we, we don't know, right? We don't know what we're doing. We don't know. We don't know. Number one, 
We don't even stop. And, and I'm not expecting the ungodly to do this, but I'm th- I'm, I'm, I am expecting those who fear God, those who know and love him. Mm-hmm. I am asking us to kind of stop and think about where this goes, because these things that at once kind of leave us aghast, like we're just like, oh, we can't believe it. They become normal in future treatments. Yeah. And, and what happens is that the Christians start to suspend the righteousness, right? Because they remove the breastplate because their heart's just like, well, I want a perfect child. I don't, I don't, if I don't have to worry about any birth defects, right? If I don't have to, if I, then, then whatever. I mean, there's new experimental treatment. So, so when we talk about it in the, in terms of like, you know, they over there, what are they doing? I can't believe. But then when, when it's, you're sitting on the table in your doctor's office and, and your doctor says, Hey, we have this new thing that we can do here. And then it becomes normal, right? The Christian must stop to ask the question like, okay, man, does God approve of this? Does the only wise God have a reason for a two parent genetic makeup in children? Does the only wise God have a reason that he designed our bodies to work the way that they work and to reproduce in the way that they reproduce? Does the only wise God have a reason for that? Does this offend a holy and righteous God? Like what do we do? We even know that to stop one quote unquote problem, we may be creating future problems that we don't even know yet. Right. Because now what, what we are talking about, we're we're getting into the, the realm where we're, this is a type of like cloning experiment. Like you're just making you're just making people. You're just you're just making people. Because, I mean, you know, look, I and I understand this is a hot button topic. I understand we, we received an email when we did the program where we talked about um, uh, in vitro fertilization and all. And, and, and this particular sister, a sister in the Lord, was really angry at me. She was angry at the way I conducted the interview when we when we talked about, you know, what the repercussions are and what are the spiritual implications of, you know, fertilizing all of these embryos and, and then storing them up. She was very upset. Guys, look, what I'm telling you is we have to ask spiritual questions about these matters, yeah. not let our hearts just lead us. Well, because you don't know my situation that 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 does not determine whether or not we speak to issues. The word of God does. Amen. Do you understand what the Apostle Paul would not have been able to speak to if it's only those who have the experience who can speak to it? He wouldn't have been able to talk about marriage. He wouldn't have been able to talk about rearing children. He wouldn't have been able to talk to the Gentiles. <laughs> Come on. What I'm saying is we don't, we don't let our hearts and our emotions determine what, we, how, what our positions are going to be. This is why we have the breastplate of righteousness in place. Woman by the name of Rebecca Taylor, a bioethics writer and molecular biology clinical laboratory specialist, wow. obviously smarter than me, <laughs> um, has said that this is morally problematic. You think, Rebecca? You think? This always makes me feel very encouraged to know people that brilliant can say things as simply as what, you know, you and mm. I say. Mm-hmm. This is morally problematic. Quote, not only is it germline genetic engineering that will affect generations, but this technique shares much with cloning, Mm. which we know causes major birth defects in animals. But you know what? What 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 often happens is people say, well, we don't want to think down the line because right now there is the promise of some type of perfection. There is the promise that man just can do whatever he wants. And that's and that's really what man is after. Right. Man is after his own way. Yeah. Man is after being his own God. Man is after doing whatever it is that he wants. What my encouragement is and all of this stuff that we talk about on a regular basis. Is that we can think biblically 
on these issues, that we can ask tough questions. Yeah, the questions may be difficult, but we've got to ask these questions. And I, you know, I, I understand that people get upset and, and people are emotionally stirred, mm-hmm. but man, is it, is it, is it, uh, is it ethical? Is it immoral for us to experiment on real people? And then like when we make mistakes just to throw them out, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. we, when we say, you know, like we've, we've got people stored in freezers all across this country, around the world, all across this country. We've got, we've got people. If we believe that life begins at conception, mm-hmm. then we've got people just stored in freezers. And, 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 and now we're just like, you know, what do we do? Is it, are they property? And then in some cases they're being ruled property. Like what, what? Yeah. Yeah. People say, well, if you, if you were in that situation, you might have a different perspective, man. I hope not. I hope that if my perspective is a biblical one, it doesn't matter if I'm in that position or not. I hope, I hope that the, the, the centrality of God's word drives my engagement in everything that I'm talking about. So that you remove from the discussion the possibility that you might flip flop or that you might waver because you now are personally invested. Your personal take was people, you know, and it's a joke. It's like a, it's a bumper sticker type theology, right? Like you know, people say God said it and I believe it and that settles it. <laughs> and I've heard people say, actually, look, God said it. That <laughs> settles it. <laughs> whether, whether you believe it or not. I mean, it's to your benefit that you believe it, but it's settled because God said it. It's settled because God has determined it. Amen. So has God fearfully and wonderfully made us? Has he awesomely woven us together? Has he awesomely knit us together? Does he have a plan and a purpose for our design? Or is it something that, you know, we can just decide, I want to do something different. I want to experiment. want to make people the way we want to make people. Like children are not handbags. <laughs> right yeah they're not they're not shoes and i and i mean that in every sense of the word they're not an accessory to your life like they're not they're not a way for you to live your fulfilling and meaningful life so that you have a right to them they are a gift that the lord god graciously gives he gives that gift that's the lord we used to understand that we used to believe that but then we started to selfishly believe that you know i've been able to command or demand whatever it is that i want and so now we say, I, I want children. So whatever it takes, however I can get there, I'm going to have the children because I have a right to that. I have a right to that. So whether or not this is God's will for my life, I don't care. I have a right. So this is what I want. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And now we've graduated from that to we say, I have a right to perfect children. I have a right. I have a right to be insured or to, to be assured that I am not going to have a child who has any type of birth defect. So now I, I, can, I have a designer baby in mind. And so we do. And, and that's I mean, anyway, <clears throat> even beyond the, you know, three parent babies like guys, that's. Yeah, I want to be very careful, but that's that's well, I'll just anyway. But I will tell you, I really do believe that the things that we're looking at um, are really signs of the times that yeah, we're living in. Definitely. Definitely. And all, all of these things portend the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the and, catching up of the saints. And these things are coming quickly. Like I was yes. talking to someone today about even technology. We was talking about AI and all that stuff. These things are happening so fast 
you know, and I think as Christians, we need to be aware of the times that we live in, you know, uh, you, you often hear it said, said that, you know, people wonder, like, how would this happen when he would read yeah. the Bible? Yeah. Man, today, those things are yeah. like, oh, yeah, I can see how that would happen, you know. how To see something instantly happen around exactly. the world, all of the world see it at once. Can you imagine exactly. people reading the Word of God before television? Can you imagine <laughs> people reading the Word of God before streaming? Hmm. I mean, all of the things that are developing at breakneck speed. It, and, it's amazing. And, yeah. No, it's it's amazing. I was talking to a brother, and we were like, I said, man, you know, they don't even teach uh, cursive writing in the schools. I said, man, how do you sign a check? He said, well, they don't sign checks. They just put their phone up there, you know, and it, they pay, you know, it's not. That's funny. That's I'm, so true. Yeah. It, but that's, that's so fast that these things are happening, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow, you know, and man, because we're able to create this and create that. Some of some of these humans are having a God complex. They feel like, right? Well, why not take you know two mothers and have yes, the, man? Yes. That's that's we can we have the power, right? We can we can do whatever we want. We we can create and we can shape the reality that we want to exist in. And it's so interesting that you say that because in in thinking about the creation of this God complex that you really see yourself as the almighty one. Mm. And what it, there's been the mass removal of the human element in so many ways, you know, it's like this, this, this being fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. I mean, the, the workmanship of God, like to, to see what God has done as he has designed humanity. And as mm. we are made in the image and the likeness of God, but the attempts everywhere you look is really to mar that, to, to distance ourselves from that reality. So the question of what it is to be human has nothing to do with God, but it's the highest presentation of myself. It's, and that self wow. is really subject to what I feel. It's me. It's what mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Right. It is the I think, therefore I am. So I exist in the highest representation of self is what I feel and think. It's not mm-hmm. it's not at all connected to the reality that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made by a designer. You are made by a designer. All right, here's some good news, um, and maybe we can wrap up the program talking about this. this is some good news, some encouraging news. This comes out of Florida. <laughs> of course. I mean, which is a, <laughs> in a stunning turn of events, because it used to be we would go to Florida stories oh, when we were the doing a morning show. We went for the headlines. <laughs> oh, Yo, we man. used to We used to go to Florida. It was a punchline for us. Right. That's right. right. We used to go was, to Florida. <laughs> yeah. All right. But because of the, because of the great desantizing. <laughs> that's happening on a regular basis down in Florida. Uh, now you go there for the pick-me-ups. You go there for the, oh, this is good. This is right. encouraging. Governor Ron DeSantis has signed SB 1580, a bill that protects doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals and organizations from being forced to participate in health care services that violate their conscience. That's common sense. Mm-hmm. That's common sense. And I think that's why Governor DeSantis is so refreshing. Because he's common sense. Right. He's like, he's like, don't we, don't we all know? We all know this, right? right? I right. mean, come on, right? Like, I feel like that's him. He's like, come on, come on. He just, he sounds like you just sit in a room, like you're just talking to a friend. I mean, come on, we know what's right. Come on, and we know, right? Come on, everybody. I'm like, yes, I agree with you. Among other things, the bill would protect doctors, nurses, and others who refuse to participate in killing babies in abortions. The legislation provides the health care providers and health care payers that they have the right to opt out of participation in or payment for certain health care services on the basis of conscience, conscience based objections. 
-hmm. It would allow them to refuse to participate in abortions or other objectionable activities based on their moral, ethical, or religious beliefs. Yes. Amen. Amen. That is is a bright and shining example of what it is to be free in America. That you cannot be forced by threat of losing your job to do things that you find morally, ethically, or spiritually reprehensible. Governor DeSantis gets this. This is more DeSantizing, and it's an example for other conservative governors who would like to have claims and say that they're doing great conservative things. Here's another thing that you can take a look at. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.